Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Lorelai Shamayo. She is a matchmaker, leadership coach, and eye reader. She's a unique expert at assessing people's thrive types from years of training and experience, plus the ripening of her intuition backed by keen scientific observational skills. She's the author of The Sweet Spot, Leveraging Your Talents in Leadership and Life. Lorelai, welcome to the show. Hi, Amy. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited for our conversation today. We've got so much to cover. So first of all, how did you become both a matchmaker and also help those struggling with their career? So I think really it's based on my own journey. So I didn't realize so much that I was struggling with career. I knew that I didn't know quite what it was that I wanted to do or I knew and I was scared. And then I also had all these challenges in love relationships, but I didn't really think of it that way. And then as I started to take steps towards doing what I really love, which is working with people, I learned a bunch of tools that were great for me for helping me sort out how I wanted to shift my career and how I wanted to shift my relationships. And I think I've always naturally been a connectress and really they're both just helping people connect with like who they are and their purpose and who they want to connect with in the world for all kinds of reasons. So it's just part of who I am and then my own journey. So in walking through that journey now, what are you grateful for? Well, I'm so grateful that it happened at that point in my life. I was in my thirties when things started to shift and I was that much more mature myself and had done enough personal growth that I was ready really for a bigger shift at the time. And I ended up studying with a number of different teachers. I was a scientist and I was raised more anti-religion, so no spirituality at all. And I'd gone through enough of my own growth journey too, that I started opening to all kinds of alternative medicine. And so kind of had a sneak in the back door and yeah, I was just finally ready. So then the first thing that I ran into really is kind of wild and woo-woo, but I was able to engage it as more of a scientist and, you know, step in in my own way so that I could open and open and open. Yeah. I feel so lucky that the first thing that I did that really was a big step for me into something new turned out to be such a big thing that it has impacted my whole life, impacted so many people. Well, yeah. And I love the fact that you say the the scientific perspective behind some of these things, because I think that a lot of people will kind of just avoid exploring certain topics if they don't understand the science behind them. And I enjoy understanding the science behind things. You know, I want to explore those things and the why behind things. And I think that my life is better for it. So I can definitely identify with that a lot. Yeah. And in my case, I think I had been burdened by having to know the why like started off more as a scientist and then went into business and business didn't work the way science taught me the theory of how it worked. And at first I was really upset of like, ah, oh, how could they? Uh, and so that kind of pinged me over this direction and like, oh, this doesn't quite work the way I really like the theory of what I thought it would either. And like kind of pinged me around and it was me needing to open to like realizing that the world was a bit more messy and like didn't really play by the rules in that sense. And I had to get more comfortable with a bit of the fluidity of how we all are. And so that was just part of me opening really to be intuitive too. So what are the thrive types and how do they help you in your career? So I'm an intuitive eye reader. I think that we all read each other's eyes all the time. And so you can get a sense of that if you think about when you've met someone with dark sunglasses and you can't see their eyes, there's so much missing. And as soon as you see their eyes, there's so much there. So I think that we all do this, but it's very subconscious and it's not tangible. We don't really know what it is that we're seeing in each other. So I use thrive types as a set of archetypes for describing what it is that we see in people's eyes. So they're describing things like 
what we naturally value and contribute, what we naturally have talents for, what our natural rhythm is, how we communicate, how we make decisions, what motivates us, how we protect ourselves and our growth lessons. So by helping people get a better sense of what that is for themselves, and I do this in a you know with people so that they get in alignment, we get in alignment together. So we agree on what seems most likely to be true. It's a map then for them to listen more to their own body experience and their own emotional experience and use that as a chart really to guide like where they want to go and so that they feel the most aliveness and joy and fulfillment. So in your book, you share seven fundamental talents. Can you share what those are and how they help you offer your best? Yeah, sure. So these seven talents are meant to describe like a whole range of variation of how we show up as humans. And I see it in animals a little bit. So they're people have a combination of three of them. So they're not meant to be like boxing, like we're only certain things. We're a blend and a mixture of various traits. So they're what we naturally contribute and value, how we can feel the most fulfillment and how we can make the biggest contributions. So three of them are more introverted, where we prefer to connect one-on-one or not about people. Three are more extroverted, where we can easily connect with a whole group of people at once. We might not always prefer it, but we can. And one's more in between, sometimes introverted, sometimes extroverted. So the kinds of things that these seven talents value and contribute are deep connections with people. One type connects one-on-one very deeply in a very heartfelt way. Another one connects more of an emotional way and wanting to help people grow from where they are. So whereas the first one honors people where they are and the next one wants them to grow. The third one that's about people wants them to play and dance and community together. And then one of them is about exploration of all kinds of new ideas and experiences. So, oh, where's the edge of what exists and bringing those new ideas in for others. And then two are about action. One is about taking action themselves. Okay, what's next? What are we gonna, how do we strategize? How do we get this all together? And then the other one is about directing action. So they sit from way up high, see how everything works and why and say, you do, you do, you do, 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 and coordinate it. And then the last one is about making sense of all that's happening. So connecting what's happening together in a map for deeper meaning. They're the ones that track the history, know how to go back into the history and help build like that understanding for going forward. Wow. So you explained the eye reading a little bit. We just talked about the thrive types, but can you explain how you use that in your coaching? Sure. Sure. Well, so each person has their own set of thrive types. So like I, for example, have the three talents that are about deepening and understanding, practical application, and about playfulness, fun, and community, and patterns. They also see patterns well. So by me knowing that about me, I can get a sense of, oh, that thing that I've tried to do forever that I think I should do, I really don't like it, and I don't feel energy from it. And, oh, that's why. Like, I thought that I liked it, but I really don't. So it's a way of having, like, an example being that I thought I had to be the one that explored the edges of what exists and bring in all these new things. And that's not really me. It turned out that's my father. So I was trying to get approval from my father for all these years. So I tried to be this different way that I'm not. And by knowing what my thrive types really are, when I know about myself, and I do this when I describe it to other people, by seeing how the traits kind of are all connected, the person can be like, oh yeah, I do all these things. Oh yeah, I do love that. Oh, And they can then feel that contrast more of like, oh, I love this. And I, oh, I work hard at that, but I actually really don't like it. And it does feel horrible. And I do feel so much joy here. So our society teaches us to do the thing that's hard. We reward hard work, but actually the thing that's so easy and joyful, if we let ourselves do that, we make huge contributions and we feel fueled by doing it. So I help people kind of map that out, tease that a part of what's natural, what they love and what they think they should be that's actually not great for them or anyone else and separate that and give themselves more permission to do what's natural and what they love. That's true in all the different traits. 
Like, for example, my grandmother, and I'm probably doing some of it right now because I'm a little nervous. My grandmother helped raise me as well as my parents. And my grandmother used to speak really quickly and she disrespected anyone that wasn't quick. So I had like these little opportunities to leap in and speak really quickly as a kid. So I learned to speak really quickly, but naturally I'm a bit more mid in my pacing. So if I can let myself slow down a little bit, I actually make more sense. I feel more joy. I do better in my communication. There are all kinds of ways where we're taught to be a way, but really we're some other way where something else is natural, something else is truer. And so by helping people better understand their truth, they get into more alignment with themselves. They have more ease in their life. They have more success and they make a, the way they show up is better for everyone. I think they make bigger contributions. They relate in more easy ways with other people. And so I can help people get in that alignment with themselves. And then also um, their lessons for how to um, relax more into who we are and share the best of who we are. So that's what I help people do. I really appreciated it. Like before we met prior to the podcast and you reading my, and describing who I am, I thought that was so fun, especially because, you know, I've done a lot of soul searching and figuring out who I am. And, you know, like I mentioned, really only figured out who I was probably in the last year or so, just going through a process of going out there and just trying a lot of things and adding more and more things that I love to my life until I finally looked around and saw my incense burning and, you know, everything kind of boho around me (laughs) and asking myself, you know, oh, wow, I'm kind of like, I'm a little bit gypsy and kind of just having this real aha moment of who I am. And it so made sense because I've so tried for so many years to, you know, fit into that corporate environment. And they make me wear this suit that I always just, I never enjoyed the clothing, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And I always tried to fit. And whenever I'd go out and get clothes, I'd always think, okay, what do the women in my office wear? You know, and it was not natural Mm -hmm. for me. And, you know, I grew up um, in a very artistic environment. You know, my mom was an artist and I spent a lot of my years as a kid at her feet watching her draw people. So that kind of that artistic side is definitely something that I've added more and more into my life now as an adult. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's great, right? Because you totally have that artistic side, but you have it naturally. And so doing it in your own great, unique way of like clothing that you love and all those kinds of things. Right? As someone like me, I don't. So if I'm trying to be like you, I make myself miserable. Like if you're trying yeah. to be like me, you make yourself miserable. And we're all taught to do this and our society reinforces it. And isn't it so great if we can just be who we are instead? Yeah, definitely. You help with conscious online dating. What does that mean? One of the ways that I can tell everyone reads eyes is that often we choose romantic partners that are the same over and over again, the same eyes over and over again. So I help people realize how they've been doing that. And, you know, if they're picking a great partner, that's great. But usually we pick really hard partners to be with. And that's how we break up. And she's another partner that happens to be the same and break up. And she's another partner that's the same. So I help people realize what those patterns are, how they're not choosing partners that are great for them. I think that soulmates are people that have similar souls. And I think it's great to be with someone who has similar eyes and similar souls. They help people realize how they've been choosing people that are different where we're taught opposites attract and blah, blah, blah. And then also we often typically date people like our family of origin. So we're still trying to get that love that we couldn't get as kids. And so we end up trapping ourselves with people that don't get us, don't understand us and treat us like our parents did, but blah, it's not usually a good experience. So I help people realize and feel into that and feel that like deep yearning and see really how they can give some love to themselves in a way that they can't get it from these other people anyway, mm-hmm. but how to accept and love and really just even feel the pain of how they weren't you know, loved before. So that's part of the journey. But then also 
now they have really tangible ways of understanding how they've been choosing the wrong partners. And it's not only choosing, we set ourselves up to attract the wrong people too. So I help them see in a very practical way how they've been doing that. So feel into some of the old pattern and the wounding and shift that. And at the same time, change their online dating profiles. So it shares who they really are based on the thrive types that I see in their eyes change their photos. Sometimes it's simply choosing different photos and sometimes it's taking photos in any way where they allow themselves to connect to who they are and what they love while the photos are being taken. And then we go looking online for people that are a better match for them. So instead of dating people like our family of origin, like our parents that are very different than us, that don't see us and get us, we can start to see people more and more similar to us. So it's really pretty easy for me. Like I can find them really easily. So just scanning through all the photos, look at that one. Let's look at that one. Then the trick then is the dance of, you know, if this person is so much like them, are they able to be attracted to that person? And so having the art of like finding how we can find someone that's, I say, has enough traits that are attractive and enough traits that are like them, that it's a much healthier relationship. And then usually people grow and want someone more and more similar to them as they they go through the dating process. But yeah, that's how I help people find soulmates, great relationships. That's so interesting. In what ways do we attract and see in our dating lives? How does that work? I mean, is it the shape of somebody's eyes or is it deeper than that? Most people subconsciously are just picking up all kinds of things. So we have no idea what it is we're noticing. What I explicitly look at is I look at the energy that comes through people's eyes. So I don't get up really close. It's just like far away, just like we are now, right? We're connected and we're a little distance apart. So I look to see what part of the face do I first notice? And so people might notice looking at both of us, like they see your eyes so much more than they see my eyes. My eyes don't particularly stand out on my face. And that's because you have energy coming out of your eyes, whereas I don't, I actually am pulling energy in. So that's a more subtle thing to look at, but definitely they can see this difference looking at you. Also, when they look at you, like your eyes are much more sparkly and bright. You may have more bright lights on your eyes, but in any context, your eyes are probably going to be more sparkly and bright than mine. So I look for like what's emphasized. If the eyes are more dull, I'll just judge mine as being a little more dull. Yours are more sparkly. I look to see if the eyes move around. So chances are people might notice too that your eyes move around a little bit more than mine. You're like really focused on the camera. So not as much at the moment. So you have some traits that focus and some that move around. So I look to see if the eyes move and how do they move? Do they move angularly or do they move in a flowing kind of dancing way? And my eyes might do that flowing dancing thing from time to time. I also just look at the energy field in the body. So while some of the energy here can be pushing forward, they're also going to be a pushing down quality. I look to see if the eyes are focused, how they're focused. When we look out, some of us look very precisely in at something and some of us look out more broadly. I look at the angle of the eyes, whether they're pointing inwards or outwards, and that's the angle is different than the focus. So we can actually be angled inwards and still look diffusely. Yeah, just all kinds of different things that I'm looking at. So it's a list of all these things. And I, to some extent, I'm going through like kind of check, check, check. What do I see? But then I'm also having to intuitively hold all these pieces because someone's energy might be really solidly in their body and they're very much about action and movement, but then there are three different ways that that could happen. So I'm having to hold and juggle like all these pieces to see what feels like that makes the most sense of who the person is. And then we get an alignment together about what seems the most true. So interesting. So if there's someone that's listening and they're struggling with online dating, what advice would you give them? Oh, so many things. Okay. I guess one is get a sense of how nervous or stressed you are when you write your profile. You probably wrote it years ago. So one, it could probably use some refreshing, but yeah. How, how nervous and stressed are you or how much at ease are you? How much are you writing about wanting someone that's different than you or similar to you? When we're nervous and stressed, typically we write about wanting someone different. We write about what we think we should be. We describe ourselves the way we think we should be, and we talk about what we think we should be go looking for in another person. 
we're not connected really to ourselves in that moment. And who are we really? I mean, I think that it's great to share who we really are in the profile. So the people that don't like us go far away, right? If we write about who we're not, like we'll just attract a bunch of people that really don't like us and don't get us. Find a way to get much more playful and at ease in how you write your profile. So it might be having a conversation with a friend where you can attempt to get yourself distracted and not think about that you're writing your profile and somehow talk about you and what you value and what you enjoy. Yeah, maybe if you can look through your photos and find some photos that seem the most casual and natural and unposed, those are usually better photos to put on your online dating profile. Have a friend take your photos. Maybe just a tip for taking photos is get together with a friend and be in a setting that you like, be wearing clothes you like, but no big deal. Um, have them put the camera like right here off so they can't know you're not hearing taking all the photos and look your friend in the eye and have your friend ask you questions about like what do you love like what are the things that you most enjoy in the world and have the friend be sitting here going click 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 click, just taking tons of photos so that you the person that's getting photographed like you're just so connected to what you love and you're looking at your friend's eyes so the camera's nearby but you're not looking at the camera so you really get connected to what you love and your friend and if you take 200 photos or something, there might only be 10 that are any good, but that's the best way to get photos that let you radiate and shine who you are in the world, which is naturally attractive to people. And then you'll attract more of the right people too. So that's a big thing. Yeah, that's really good. So what are some of your client success stories? Well, one of my clients and actually just texting me today. So I forgot, but his fifth anniversary is very close to mine. We both got into longer term relationships for meeting people online at the same time. He's someone that I had been coaching for a few months. I was raised to think these things were true about him and, you know, pretty mixed up about some of it. Like he was doing some activities that were naturally true for him, but they were like hobbies and not his work. And, you know, it was impacting his dating life and all that too. So I helped get a better understanding of himself and how he could do his work in a better way for himself and understand the history of dating patterns that really weren't working for him. That was the primary thing he wanted to work on, but like getting to know himself, right, is such an important part of that. And he wanted to really integrate it more deeply. That's part of who he is. He's the type that really wants to deeply integrate and feel aligned with things. So it helped him better understand himself, make some shifts in himself and feel more of the pain of underneath the choices he was making with dating. And he got more interested in being able to recognize people on his own. So we changed his online dating profile, but I wasn't actually looking for people with him. He was wanting to be able to do it himself. And so when he'd find people that were interesting to him, he then sent me photos and things like that. And so he was able to do it after, I think, attempting to date a couple different people. And then a third person he met was much more similar to him and really felt different in the beginning. And yeah, it worked. And they've been together now five years. Wow. That's mm -hmm. amazing. What do you think is your truth that's gotten you this far in your journey? So many paradoxes. I feel like all of this is there are all these paradoxes. So on the one hand, I believe that everybody is good, like that fundamentally we have some core inside of us that's good. We might be wounded. We might be showing up in ways that really aren't helpful to other people. It can be really hurtful. And at the same time, I believe that there's a core that is good. Not everyone's going to access it in this life, but I hold space for that possibility. And for me, I think that allows me to really connect to what is the good potential in the core and the soul of each person when I see them. I really engage in a way that I can see the beauty in each person of who they are, you know, honoring that people are at different stages and different expressions of all that and helping each person, whatever pain they're in or whatever harsh judgments they have about themselves, like help them be able to see the innocence in someone else so that they can then see that innocence and connect to themselves. And I, yeah, I just deeply believe that we have this goodness that's in us, that's coming through us, whatever like universal energy or spirit or life force. If we can tap into that, if we can find the flow of that and follow that flow, it will lead to good choices and good, good outcomes for ourselves and for others. So that's a big truth for me that really is incredibly spiritual and religious. It's so different from the way I started. 
Yeah, definitely. I think that's really neat. So if you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? Probably the biggest thing would be to value myself more. So it's, again, it's a bit of a paradox in that the method that I used for myself when I first was making my career transition is similar to the advice that I give others. And there are ways I might have valued myself more in the process. Like I generally believe that it's great for us to not charge more for our work than we are able to hold and own as our value, because then our fear about that gets in the way of being able to really share our gift and give our gift. So I was getting ready to make a career transition and I hadn't fully gotten there. And then poof, you know, the economy was down and my employer cut me from like four days a week to one day a week. So I'm like, all right, I got to do it. Booty out of the nest. And so I offered coaching for free for two weeks at first. And I think that's okay to offer work for free while one's getting like one's feet and grounding and trust and knowing of oneself. And then it's kind of funny what I did. I think I then offered my work at $10 an hour for a little while where it was really hard for me to charge for what I did and really believe that I was providing value. And then I think I did like 25 an hour, 15 an hour and blah, blah, blah. So the method of starting low and starting where it doesn't get in the way of one's work, you know, and shifting forward, I think is a really good thing to do. I think with any change in life, that's really, it's a good thing. I ought to have valued myself more and sooner, you know, like let myself make changes sooner. Like I did not go through $10 an hour. That's kind of funny, but yeah. And I think in some ways, right. I still, every once in a while that comes up for me and doubt my value. So yeah, it was a message for me long ago. And the message maybe to still give myself from time to time. Yeah. I think we all kind of struggle with that at, well, most people, I think that, especially if you care about others, (laughs) because you want to help them so much, you know, I kind of wonder if it's lack of valuing, maybe it's valuing their need more than what you have to offer. Yeah. I think there's that. And, you know, I could see how my childhood patterns play into that too. Right. So I mentioned my grandmother was so involved in my childhood and my grandmother was actually pretty harsh and like enormously high standards. And so I think I was probably holding those standards to myself at that point too. I still hadn't shifted enough of that in me. Yeah. It's easy to do. So if there are people that are listening that would love to check out your coaching, what's the best way to contact you? Well, the best way to find out all about me is laureliesshamayo.com. So it's spelled L-A-U-R-E-L-I. You can schedule a 20-minute complimentary session there with me. You can learn more about my coaching practice, my intuitive practice, my matchmaking. And then I also run metaphysics and wellness events, lots of events online and in person in the Northwest. So lots of different free events. I also do authentic relating activities and I teach classes on what I call body psychology, helping us be more aware of our body and the messages from our body and using our body to shift and grow. And so all that's right there. It talks about my science background and I Right, my metaphysical background and all my events are there. Okay, great. And I'm going to put all of your links down below as well. Lorelai, thank you for coming on and sharing your insight. I've just found it so fascinating because it's unique and I didn't hear about it. I didn't know anything about it until I spoke with you. So it's really refreshing the newness of it and a new approach. Thank you so much, Amy. It's been lovely being here. Yeah. And if you're listening and you want more information about A Call to Thrive, you can go to acalltothrive.com. Thank you everyone for listening and have a wonderful week.